Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on Magic Mike. Now, today in the virtual studio from Australia, we have Derek Stewart. Welcome to the show, Derek. Thanks so much for having me on. Great to be here. Derek, you're the show host for Future of Australia podcast. Could you tell us more about your show? Yeah, so I've always been a big fan of podcasts going back, mm. you know, 10 plus years before they were really popular everywhere. Um, and so always a big podcast listener. I had a few different ideas for podcasts over the years. And then about three or four years ago, I thought I'm going to finally start my own podcast. So I thought, who do I um, want to hear interviewed that no one's doing? And it was sort of the 100 fastest growing new businesses in Australia. So the Australian Financial Review, big um print media and online media company in Australia, every year um, they make a list of the 100 fastest growing new businesses in Australia. Um, so these are businesses, some that have gone from zero to millions in turnover in just a few short years. Mm-hmm. And I thought these are the most fascinating entrepreneurs in Australia, mm-hmm. um, but no one's talking to them. You know, they do a bit of media, but no one's kind of in an organized fashion talking to them. I wish as a listener, I could hear their stories. No one's doing it. A lot of business podcasts were very American focused, overseas focused or, or industry focused. And I thought, well, why don't I do it? I always mm-hmm. wanted to have a podcast, love the medium. So I, I, um, I emailed about 10 of them a couple of years ago before I even had a website or a name and three said, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. And then I did a very low tech recording Then I had my first three episodes and I think late 2017, early 2018, I was up and running. Nice. So take us through that, you know, first three episodes in that sense, you know, what was your setup like? What kind of microphones do you use? And you know, what kind of software do you use to record or was it in person? It, it was um, the, the worst possible um, thing you could do um, mm-hmm. audio wise, mm-hmm. um, but the simplest, which is all I, you know, not having an audio technical sort of background. I literally did a call and I had the phone on speaker and then I had a second phone with the um, memo notes recorder. So it was literally just recording off speakerphone because right. I was trying to get some Skype recording and other systems working beforehand, but I, I didn't have the time to sort of get them working and had some issues. So I thought I'll go low tech. I'll just put a phone on speaker, another phone on record. <laughs> and uh, so my voice sounded okay because I was speaking into the recording, but then obviously their voice on speaker. So when I listened to the early few episodes, it's a bit cringeworthy. Um, mm-hmm. But now I've got a better setup with a microphone, Zoom, split recording or post-production editing. So it, it's come a long way, but I, I still um, cringe a bit when I li- try and listen to the first few episodes and the audio quality. The content's great. The guests are great. But um, the audio quality really sort of let me down. But, you know, over time I evolved and improved that. It's, it's like a journey, right? Like that, that was like mm. the first day of recording. And what, what setup do you use now? What software do you use to record now? Yeah, so I do it through Zoom. So mm-hmm. I was actually able to record about 30 episodes during the um, uh, lockdown sort of last mm-hmm. year. So it was very sort of productive. So it's through Zoom, um, split recording files. So I have two audio files, one for their track, one for my track. So it makes it a lot easier um, for my audio engineer to tidy up the files if there's background noises, if there's other issues. Um, so there's a bit of post-production cleanup and then a Blue Yeti microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still not high tech, but I think generally the sound's quite a bit better um, than it used to be. But it's not a studio. It's not the full equipment and the all the, the sort of the top of the line stuff that the biggest and best shows have. But it's come a long way and I'm still open-minded to improving it further in the future or doing more in-person ones plus with the good setup. Gotcha. Where do you pro- uh, host your current show? 
Um, so in terms of so the back end, it's the SoundCloud hosting, and then mm-hmm. it's picked up by all the RSS feeds in terms of Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Podcast, Addict, Castbox. So it kind of I set mm-hmm. up all the, the streams and the feeds, and then in terms of promoting it, mm-hmm. um, I have an email list, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn because it's a business podcast, so it's a big sort of business audience on. Um, on LinkedIn. So I get quite good sort of reach on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's it. Social media, email, it's on my website, but some of it's, you know, word of mouth, just people I know when I talk about it, but they're the main sort of back end hosting distribution, how to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the sort of front end where I promote it and distribute and, and build awareness of it. Gotcha. And, you know, coming to the prom- editing side, you said you have an engineer who produces the show, am I right? Yeah, I've got a um, mm. a post production audio engineer. So it's a, a friend of mine in America. So I just send mm. him the files. He cleans it up. He puts the intro music, the outro music, stitches it all together, fixes mm. the levels, tidies it all up. Um, you know, I, I just like I said don't really have the skill or the uh, the passion for that. I know mm-hmm. some podcast hosts do it all themselves and get really in in detail, but but I'd rather just focus on the interviewing and the guests and the promotion and mm-hmm. leave all the technical side to him. Um, yeah, it does a great job. I just send him the episodes and um, yeah, they come back sounding better than, um, like I said, a lot better than the early days. And he also <laughs> fixes up little things. If, you know, if someone's phone rings in the middle, it will cut that out and, you know, little tidy up bits and yeah. cut out all the, all, all the pre-show, post-show banter and stuff. So, um, there's a nice crisp sort of finished product. Mm-hmm. And, and in terms of, you know, like growing your audience or, you know, like having, um, sub, um, promoting your show in that sense, how, how do you promote your show now? Yeah, so so it's still fairly basic. Like I said the email list, LinkedIn, social media, you know, mm-hmm. just word of mouth. But to try and get it to the next level, I know a lot of podcast um, hosts, they uh, will be a guest on other people's podcasts and they'll sort of reciprocate. So there's a natural kind of people who like one podcast, they hear a great guest. They say, hey, if you like to hear more, check out their podcast. The nature of my one, unfortunately, doesn't lend itself to that. I'm not able to reciprocate because it is a specific list. It's 100 fastest growing new businesses in Australia from the Financial Review uh, publication. So I would feel bad if I was a guest on a heap of podcasts, but then I can't sort of reciprocate. And often I'm turning away people Mm -hmm. who say, hey, I've got a great business. I'd love to come on your podcast. I say, oh, it's great. But unfortunately, my podcast really is just the the top 100 every year. Um, Mm -hmm. But to try and, like I said, break that that um, challenge, later this year I'm actually looking to write a book, taking the lessons from the, mm. the, the guests I've interviewed, turning that into a book with sort of a meta lesson, and then once I've got that book, and then I think it'll be a lot easier to be a guest speaker on other people's podcasts because a lot of people do book authors and or business books or business topics, and I can sort of talk about the book and then the book is about the podcast. Obviously, you know, hopefully some people will give away copies of the book and some people who do that might then check out the podcast and their podcast listeners if they hear about the book from one of the podcasts. So I think there's a natural sort of synergy there. Um, mm-hmm. It might not work exactly as I hope, but I think that's what will help sort of grow beyond my own LinkedIn network shares. Obviously, I always ask the guests to try and help promote it and they're often great sharing it to their network and some people who like them might listen to some other episodes. But I think to sort of take it to the next level, um, having a book, distributing the book, the books about the podcast, going mm-hmm. on the podcast to promote the book, I think that will be a really nice, um, you know, sort of synergy to, to sort of take it to that next level beyond what I've been doing, which sort of works. But, you know, it, it's sort of the same thing year to year. It's not anything new. So that's my sort of big idea to grow mm-hmm. i mean that's quite interesting you know like cross-promoting with a book um 
over with the podcast. You know, how how do you actually come across this idea? Like, was it like a aha moment, or do you see someone doing it online? How did you came across this? Yeah, I think a lot of podcasts I listen to often they get people with a book because mm-hmm. people with a book are always super keen to come on podcasts. Um, even pre-COVID, I think a lot of people realised you could do a podcast tour. You could mm-hmm. go on fifty or a hundred podcasts. And it, you probably sell more books than if you go on 50 or 100 book launches at 50 or 100 bookstores. So, unfortunately, so the decline of the physical bookstore pre-COVID and obviously during COVID meant that authors who were ahead of the curve were doing like a, a, a tour of podcasts and going around. And that's why sometimes, you know, if you follow someone, suddenly you'll see they're on 100 podcasts talking about their book. And, you know, podcast guests, I think, like that because they can talk about the book and the person and they can do giveaways with the book. The authors like it because they, you know, hopefully, you know, build awareness or or sell copies of the book. Um, And then, you know, I found I would often hear a great podcast episode and then I'll go and buy that person's book. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not trying to sell a lot of books. Again, the goal is to boost the podcast. But I think a lot of people who listen to podcasts are also readers and a lot of people hear a fantastic half an hour, one hour interview. And they'll say, I want that person's book. And sometimes I bought all five of someone's books. So I was like, that person was so interesting and fascinating. Just mm-hmm. I want all their books. And I buy them. And this more in the business podcast, obviously fiction books and other things and, and other categories. But in, in the business world, I see a lot of authors um, going on a heap of podcasts. The podcasts like it. The authors like it. The audience likes it. So that's sort of where I, I guess indirectly kind of thought of the idea. Gotcha. I've got this question where, you know, how do you get your your audience involved with your content? Yeah, no, so honestly, I probably haven't done as good a job as I could have. Mm-hmm. I don't have a huge community building aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, on social media, people post, people comment, I engage with them. Mm-hmm. Um, people reply to some of the email blasts and say that was a great episode, but that's sort of one-to-one. Um, so I don't really have, I have a, a Facebook podcast sort of page, but mm-hmm. there's not really a community. There's no activity. There's no kind of, hey, join the page. We talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've seen some people do fantastic community building, mm-hmm. whether it's through a big email list, whether it's through a Facebook group. Um, one thing I have thought of, maybe once I get to episode 100, I'd love to do a live podcast recording. Because mm-hmm. I think inviting people, and I've attended a few. Uh, mm-hmm. myself for live podcast recordings you know you get everyone in um you know whether it's 20 or 100 people there's a the live factor people ask questions in person you get the photos people meet other people who are interested in similar topic areas so i've seen some fascinating in-person online communities you know engagements giveaways um I, I think, again, the, my format doesn't lend itself to sort of uh, listen to questions, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be something I could add in in the future if I had that bigger community aspect. But um, honestly, I'm guilty of none of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the future, yeah, I would love to do episode 100 in person. Um, you know, once I have the book, I could do maybe some, you know, book giveaways and other mm-hmm. things per episode. Um, I might be able to, if I'm a guest on more podcasts, again, drum up a bit more community mm-hmm. as it gets bigger. Um, so that's something that I've wanted to do, but honestly haven't been great at sort of building a connection between listeners or a, a, a really great sort of hub where they can, people who love the podcast, there's no Reddit, there's no this, there's no that. Part mm. of the scale, it's probably not big enough. Some of these things, you know, Discord servers and Reddits, I think kind of organically grow at a certain scale mm. um, where the users kind of create them and then you kind of, uh, that's the dream where the users kind of build the community all for you. But, but even the small scale, so the top-down community building, I haven't yet um, haven't put a lot of time and energy, unfortunately, into it. 
maybe it's because like you're focusing on getting that top 100 yeah so that's that's why i think like in terms in in terms i think focus i think the focus is getting that book i think it's from what i understand is the book is what's going to actually sort of like build out your community build out everything am i am i right to say that yeah i'd agree i have been focused mm-hmm. on getting the guests um mm-hmm. you know because sometimes they're easy to get sometimes they're hard to get because you know they're busy successful entrepreneurs um mm-hmm. like they always have people sort of pitching me but uh, uh, you know because it is a strict criteria I'm not able to sort of accommodate everyone unfortunately mm-hmm. who has a great business and a great story but um or a book or anything it, it is quite specific so I do spend a lot of time on that mm-hmm. um and you know trying to get my own interviewing skills so listening to a lot of podcasts listening to people who are great interviewers and trying to get you know if i've got an hour with the ceo of you know the fastest growing company in australia mm-hmm. it's like well how can i get the most value for my audience from that hour mm-hmm. um and you know that's the sort of things i guess so i've been putting more of my time and energy and you know lifting the the post production trying to get you know obviously in the early days the website was this ugly horrific thing and it's still pretty <laughs> basic but it's come mm-hmm. a bit you know i had my own canva designed you know podcast logo mm-hmm. and art which was super ugly but you know I just needed to upload a jpeg to get it in the the apple rss but you know then I got to design it to tidy up the logo tidy up the website tidy mm-hmm. up a few bits and pieces so trying to lift the professionalism mm-hmm. uh the quality the audio that's where I've been spending more of my time interviewing less time on the the community and and pro the the distribution side but definitely mm-hmm. something I'm trying to catch up for lost time with um uh using the book Gotcha. That that's a very interesting way to approach the podcast to be honest Eric. It's it's like it, it I I would dare say it's it's a very uh, entrepreneurial uh, way of approaching it where let's f- finish up the MVP, you know, let's finish up mm-hmm, this first mm-hmm. and then we go in and attack um you know the rest of the fruits in that sense. Yeah, and I think again everyone's got their own style. But I know some yeah. people they spend months getting a website, getting a content, getting this, getting an audience or a community or this or that. but then they forget to book their guests record them and post mm-hmm. them so it um you know like almost i guess yeah it's that sort of start and then figure out the rest later mm-hmm. um that's something i thought no i really have to start and then sort of figure out the rest later otherwise yeah. you know maybe spend all this effort getting a website a name a logo all these things it's the same sometimes when i start a business they spend so much time getting you know stationery and letterheads and business cards mm-hmm. and logos they forget to actually get customers yeah. um and products um so yeah I, i really didn't want to fall into that trap so i thought no i got to start with the guests get people um on the podcast record get good at asking them questions and then i can um you know really uh figure out the rest make mm-hmm. it beautiful make it sound nice build a community promote once i've got the episodes and the guests but if i haven't got mm-hmm. that there's nothing to promote so so i sort of did the opposite maybe how some people would do it but um mm-hmm. figure it's easier to play catch up once you've got the the back catalog of episodes and 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 a bit of a schedule and frequency and things like that going you talk a lot about the guest approach side of things Derek that's a, that's kind of the gist of a conversation i'm getting how do you sort of like process this you know put it in a process and make sure you repeat the same thing where you get guests consistently to get that 100 guests Yeah so so I don't get all 100 I I get about mm-hmm. a 30% except right mm-hmm. um yeah some people are too busy some people don't want to do a podcast some people mm-hmm. just you know they got too much on in their, their work and family life um you know some people just the scheduling is too difficult mm-hmm. um so I don't get all 100 but I try and get as many as I can so this last season 
Um, I couldn't get the number one, unfortunately. They, mm. they, they're, they're quite big and they've got PR gatekeepers and, and other sort of people. But, yeah, they're still sort of on my list. I haven't given up on them. Right. Um, and then, but I got the number two. I got the number three. I think nice. I got the number six, eight, and ten. So, I was really trying to get a lot of that top ten. Whereas where I'd start, when I started a few years ago, I'd start at like number 90 to 100 because I thought they're small, they've got more time, mm. maybe they're, they're more willing, that the promotion will help them more because it's not just about promoting their business. Often it's about helping attract great staff because startups, new businesses, small businesses, yeah. they don't have a household brand that everyone wants to work for. You know, their logos aren't on city buildings and the skyscrapers and they're not on the, the, the TV and they're not everyone's sort of... Uh, first choice for employment not that they're bad it's just people have never heard of them you know if someone wants to to get a consulting job often they go to the big four banking they go to the big four banks you know law firms they go to the big four so if i can get a really fascinating small law firm that's completely different you know i think attracting great staff um who would never have thought or heard of them but they hear the owner tell a great story of their life their journey their business their culture for an hour i think how I sort of position it to a lot of entrepreneurs is, you know, my audience might not be your customer base, but they're all, you know, smart, ambitious, often young professionals, other people mm-hmm. who would probably be fantastic employees for you um, and team members or other people who could help. Um, and that's, I think, a, a magic. And that's some, you know, like maybe someone has a podcast selling to hospitals or selling to, you know, um, some other demographic. I think, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to go on a podcast where hospital you know, administrators listen to, or I have to go on a podcast that lawyers listen to because I sell mm-hmm. to lawyers. But, you know, maybe, you know, you're trying to hire a software developer and, you know, there's some person who's fed up with their job at a big corporate and wants to, to join a more entrepreneurial, fast growth company. And then they hear them tell their story and say, well, yeah, well, I want to join now. So that's sort of how I frame it often to um, some guests are straight away. Yeah, mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. it. You know, they're very uh, marketing and PR focused. Others, it's a bit of, oh, what about this and that? Or I haven't done it and they're not sure. Um, But I've had a lot. It's their first ever podcast and I just talk them through it and and then they enjoy it. Then they go on to do other podcasts and they get a lot more comfortable. But they're so busy building up their business, talking to their customers, managing Mm. their their sort of business from zero to to 10, 20, 50 mil in a few years. They don't have time to to tell their story. But afterwards, it's almost sort of therapeutic to just Mm -hmm. like promote their story and the journey. And I I try and connect the dots and and, and sort of help them articulate their own journey. And then afterwards, like, wow, that was, I never thought of all these connections Mm -hmm. or I never stopped and sort of reflect. I was so busy growing the business. It's almost therapeutic, I think, for some afterwards to uh, just reflect on the whole, because I take, I try and go through the whole life journey Right, right. As much as you can in an hour, but like yeah. the past, where did you start? What was your first job? You know, were your parents' business owners? Um, why did you move countries? Why did you change careers? Why did you give up that great job? To, you know, the present, tell me the business story. How did it start? How did it grow? Um, and then the future, what's next? Where do you want mm-hmm. the business to be in 10 years, personally, mm-hmm. professionally, your team, your products, your markets? Um, and, and we also talk a bit about, as per the title, the future of Australia, mm. which again I think is for entrepreneurs and new businesses. You know what? What's Australian? Um, what are the Australian entrepreneurs doing well? What could they do better? What can we learn from other markets? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the future of Australian entrepreneurship um, for their industry, for the broader industry? So, so it's sort of um, very past, present, future for them personally. But then also the meta theme is well, these people will be the future of Australia because they're building these great, rapid, yeah. fast growth businesses that you know could one day be household names. But also, what's their own take from their own life experience on Australia? 
And a lot, uh, you know, they might have grown up in the UK, they moved to Australia, they've got a unique perspective or maybe they sell globally mm. in, in their business and they've got an interesting perspective or their customers might be business owners and they've got an interesting perspective. So um, that part's always interesting um, when I ask them what's sort of their take on the state of entrepreneurship in Australia and mm-hmm. sort of the future of entrepreneurship in Australia and therefore the future of Australia um, mm-hmm. and, yeah, get some fascinating answers as well as their own personal journeys. Nice, nice. And... Uh, what has been your biggest challenge as a podcaster, Derek? I think a big part is just time management. So I've got a full-time job and then mm-hmm. the podcast is a, is a passion project and a hobby. Um, so, you know, each episode, obviously, you know, there's an hour of recording, but there's the pre-show hours of booking guests, um, coordinating, getting mm-hmm. people to show up. And then there's the, the post, you know, I've got to listen back to it, timestamp the things for my audio guy do other aspects, um, the promotion, you know, I've got to set up the EDMs, the social media, all these other things. I've got to book the next guest and, and mm-hmm. getting on that consistent frequency um, amongst all the other sort of work and day-to-day life mm-hmm. responsibilities, I think is it, sort of hard because I know consistency matters a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so when I, you know, I had a period in 2019 where I was on a plane basically every three days. So for work, for the job I was in. So, you know, I was flying Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Perth. Then I go to Singapore, go to Thailand, go to the UK, go to the US. Mm -hmm. So I was just, you know, literally 100 flights a year. And then in 2020, obviously, that went to zero. But um, and that's why, like, when I didn't have that travel schedule, it made it, I was able to batch record, you know, some days I could do five episodes in a day. Mm -hmm. And then that let me plan out the next 10 weeks because if I do one episode every two weeks, Mm -hmm. I can plan it. But if I'm trying to book an episode, record an episode, publish an episode all in a week, like it, it's too much. So, but it's hard to get organized enough to batch record five, 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gives me a bit of time to do sort of um, uh, two a month, which is the goal, but that consistency really helps. So I, I think it's just that time management and not letting it all bottleneck that either I've done all this promotion, but I haven't recorded the next five or I've recorded 20, but I haven't actually sat down and listened back and, and worked out the angle. Mm-hmm. always try and get like a sort of like a hot take, I guess, a, a headline, a really punchy headline um, mm-hmm. that summarizes the whole episode. So, so even that, just thinking what's a really punchy headline that I'll put on LinkedIn, I'll put on emails, I'll put in the show notes, that if someone saw that, they would want to click because it's, um, you know, like uh, the, a recent episode I did was, it was actually a social enterprise, but because they're a, a registered company, they, they could enter the, the financial reviews fastest growing list. Mm-hmm. So one of the fastest growing businesses is actually a social enterprise. And so I, I thought, well, okay, it's a little bit different, but I had to get a headline. So I thought, you know, making impact while making millions and with the fastest growing social enterprise in Australia. So mm-hmm. I try and sort of come up with a sort of a punchy headline like that. Um, but even that plus the editing plus the marketing, it's just, I think, the time management time, so yeah. that I can do consistent because the listeners don't want to come back after a month and oh, there's no new episodes or suddenly there's three episodes in a week mm-hmm. that they want to know a format. And I think twice a month is sort of a minimum, but I, it, it has been honestly a, a time management challenge to um, to produce two episodes a month by myself with all like so the other life mm-hmm. getting in the way. Um but for the last, you know, 20 episodes, so I'd say last sort of, or maybe 15, last 30 mm-hmm, weeks, mm-hmm. I've been able to do two a month. But now I'm sort of running out of a lot of the episodes I recorded. So I've got to suddenly, <laughs> you know, again, that, you know, chicken and egg sort of, uh, you got to plant the seeds, you got to harvest the seeds. So then yeah. I've got to go and try and book and record another five or 10. Right. And then, you know, 
produce to keep that flow going. But, you know, I'll probably um, mm-hmm. drop at a certain point. And then also on the weekend trying to write the book and get the content. So it's just, yeah, it's, I suppose, like every sort of uh, solopreneur, sole trader, individual, even if you've got a team and, you know, like I said, I tap various sort of people to help with audio and design and website stuff. It's just mm-hmm. that time management um, to, to get a consistent flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a, a lot of respect that I didn't always understand the, the pressure on like a journalist of hitting a certain number of articles per day, even mm-hmm. if it's their job or other podcast shows who are super consistent every Monday morning, every Wednesday night, they've got their episode. Um, even if it's a full-time thing and just that having to produce on a schedule, mm-hmm. um, I have a huge respect for, for people that are able to, you know, years and years pump out great content on a consistent frequency. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is a lot of, uh, timing, time management prioritization i think that's sort of and that's why i think some people get so busy they sort of give up because mm-hmm. they get two two six twelve months with no content and like oh well, i'll never catch up or all my audience has gone elsewhere and they yeah. just kind of let it go and that's why a lot of podcasts drop off after mm-hmm. the first few when people realize as well oh it's more than one hour of work to produce <laughs> a one-hour podcast maybe it's i don't i don't kind of keep track of the numbers maybe it's five hours maybe it's 25 hours but mm-hmm. it's a lot more than people than just what people see or, or, or some people it is their full time and and uh, they might do a monday wednesday friday show and people say well what do you do the other 37 hours a week <laughs> you know mm. not understanding that each episode is like you know three days of work um even if that's your full-time sort of business or job or you know um you know yeah just the time i guess pre and post production to sort yeah. of run a, a a mini media channel is, is uh, non-trivial <sighs> Derek, this has been an awesome, I believe, 20, 30 minutes, you know, conversing about everything about um, how, how do you actually bring out, how you're focused, very focused on that one niche content and, you know, mm. just want to get that out first and then think about the process later, think about the promotion later because I think this is a different approach to podcasting. Podcasting is a podcast, a podcast is forever, right? Mm. A podcast is forever. To... The way you're doing it, 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 there's no right or wrong way. It is mm. just like how you sort of like manage your time. I think that's what I got. Uh, that's my takeaway from the conversation with you. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that that mm. permanent aspect is why some people can get stuck in that perfectionism because mm. people are going to, you know, and, and part of me does think, what if someone, let's say they, they listen today, they're a big fan of your show and they check out the guests that sound interesting. So, oh, yeah, Future of Australia, they mm. type into Spotify. They say, oh, let me start with the first show. And yeah. they listen to episode one and they say, oh, gee, this audio is terrible. Oh, <laughs> no, this guy, who is this guy? And, you know, um, does he even know what he's doing? Because when I do a new podcast that someone recommends or I hear mm. and I, 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 I generally start with the first episode because mm-hmm. I want to kind of, part of me as a podcast, I want to say, what were they like in their first episode? Yep. But also sometimes for context, if you get episode 270, you don't necessarily know what's the theme, what's the format. And then I like to sort of start at the start and then over time catch up, you know, kind of binge listen, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of me in the back of my mind is like, ah, you know, should I have put a lot more effort in up front? Because I imagine a certain amount of people listen to the first one or two episodes and think, nah, this sucks, the quality sucks, and, mm-hmm. and they kind of give up. But I, but, I, but I know a lot of people I talk to start with the most recent episode. Yeah. It's at the top of Spotify, and they think, well, I don't want three-year-old content, even though all, all my content's really evergreen. But, you know, some people just want something maybe topical, recent, interesting, um, or they just want to listen to a recent one mm-hmm. um, because they know how uh, clunky most podcasts are in the early mm-hmm. episodes. 
Um, so, so those ones, I think, are, are sort of good. Um, but, but part of me understands I made a trade-off in speed to action and, and pushing myself to get it done. Mm-hmm. I did sacrifice polish, um, mm-hmm. you know. And But then I also I don't want to remove those episodes because that's, that's the journey out that's of respect a journey, to the guests. Exactly. And, and um, you know, and people, a, a lot of my audience has been with me since the first episode. So it's mm-hmm. sort of, it's almost like a, a filter. Like if they can't understand the early days and the early episodes, they're probably not going to appreciate the polish in the uh, the quality, the guests, the interviewing um, that sort of comes mm-hmm. in, in the recent episodes. It is. It is a journey, like you mentioned. It's, 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 a, it's, it's how you became from a day one podcaster to day 100 podcaster. You know, that's, that's ultimately what it shows in that sense. And I think that's what the audience won. Um, they want to hear that journey. I think, I think that would be great, to be honest, Eric. Now, as a final question, I ask this to all podcasters. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, I actually skipped breakfast this morning. So I just right. had a, a coffee, a double espresso. Um, nice. So it was a, a liquid breakfast. Um, but yeah, nothing for me this morning. Wonderful, Derek. Derek, this has been an insightful and awesome show with you. I hope you had a great time and I hope the listeners had a great insightful listen as well. Yeah, no, I want to thank you for having me on. I think, you know, what you're doing to, to show mm-hmm. the behind the scenes, the journey, you know, because some people might listen to recent episodes of my podcast or other people's and or they go back, but they don't understand what's the mm-hmm. process, what's the journey. Um, because, again, you, you look at sort of the polished, you know, Joe Rogan or someone who's been at it for years, but even Joe Rogan, you go back to episode one. You know, it, it was low tech. It was unpolished. Um, mm-hmm. So I think showing the journey for people like myself who have a podcast, I'm always curious what other people's journeys are in the, mm-hmm. their podcast. Or for a lot of people thinking of a podcast who thought, you know, oh, what are the different ways of starting? What are the journey? You know, what are the time commitments? I think it's fantastic what you're doing to sort of pull mm-hmm. back the curtain. Um, you know, a lot of people go behind the scenes on businesses, but not necessarily on the podcast. So I think um, kudos to you. Thank you for having me on. And, and again, keep up the fantastic work. Thank you, Derek. Thank you so much.